Hey, what's going on, folks? Welcome to another week. This is the Live Life Aggressively Show. I'm Sincere Hogan, and got my partner on the other side of uh, Texas. We're our own nation, so we're all the way over there. <laughs> got my man, Mike Mullen, nation. Yeah, pretty much. You know, let them tell it. <laughs> I think we even have the Constitution here to, to prove it. So, what's going on, Mike? <laughs> well, I'm doing good, man. I'm just having been having fun this week, just doing pattern breaks with random people, where you just drop totally random lines that have nothing to do with the conversation. <laughs> like the other day, a bunch of people were talking about the news and so forth at the dog park, and I just interjected just random lines from the Jeffersons. I was like, "Yeah, you know what you're saying is true, but what's also true is that fish don't fry in the kitchen, beans don't cook on the grill. So what do you got to say about that?" <laughs> <You know? laughs> You have to be a certain age to even understand what the hell I'm talking exactly. about. So a couple of people are cracking up. Everyone else is like, what the hell does that have to do with Trump's speech? <laughs> you know? Here it is, the vegan talking about beans again. <laughs> Please, I don't know about whether, I don't know if fish fries in the kitchen or not. I don't eat fish, but beans definitely don't cook on the grill. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I believe the politically correct word is legume. <laughs> Lagoon. Get the lagoon. <laughs> yeah, but, but we've got Kevin Gill on today. Big fan of Kevin's show. He has a great podcast. So I encourage everyone to check it out. We'll be talking about that, I'm sure, as we go along. But we have a lot of common interests with this guy. Sincere, you're a huge wrestling fan, as is Kevin. I'm a huge hardcore fan, as is Kevin. So between just those two topics alone, we'll have plenty to talk about. But man, without further ado, Kevin, welcome. We've I felt like we already talked to you for a while because we actually did just talk to you for a while. Right, right. Some, some off the air shenanigans, but yeah, it's awesome to be here, man. Living life aggressively with a, a, a big dose of PMA and the fusion of hardcore and wrestling, which uh, yeah, is one of those just rare things. Like people who are into rare stuff usually tend to be pretty cool. Well, speaking of hardcore and wrestling, how cool was that Code Orange incendiary performance NXT. at the wrestling event? Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, absolutely incredible, man. I sent out a tweet just trying to pat myself on the back a little the other day, and I was like, oh, until until last night, the only place that combined hardcore and wrestling was the Kevin Gill show or something. You know what I mean? Just about having <laughs> guests from both worlds. But I know you guys... Well, I mean, we, we, could, we could take it a step further and say, if it wasn't for you, maybe that never would have happened. Let's take it one step further. I love I love the direction. Why not? <laughs> Well, I just remember, like, when, uh, you know, because ECW was usually influential to me. And, and when I started using, yeah, uh -huh. like, wrestling imagery and branding and all the marketing materials for my record label and stuff like that and doing, like, a pro wrestling concept record and shit, people thought I was crazy. And now all these years later, like, it's finally officially happening on the world stage, so to speak, like an NXT takeover. So I think it's awesome, man. And uh, I, I thought that... uh there would be a time where Sick of It All would have played its clobbering time for CM Punk to yeah. come out to the ring, too. Yeah. I, I legitimately thought song. that would be something we would see for a WrestleMania, for a Royal Rumble special entrance, but uh, that never happened. So we got Code Orange and, and Incendiary, and it was dope. Man. That, that song and was I, awesome, the Rootable, Rootable Evil. I have that song in my, my workout playlist. It kind of threw me off for a minute because I'm a Code Orange fan, so when I saw Code Orange performing there, I was like, cool. And then I was like, at first I was like, oh yeah, this song's great. And I was like, wait a minute, this is not a Code Orange song. And it was it was Code Orange <laughs> as the band and the guy from Incendiary singing the song. So for a second it threw me off, you know. But it was right, really right. cool, man. It vibes. 
Yeah, it's super, super cool and just kind of unprecedented, you know. Like, I remember a bunch of years ago, uh, you know, they have different theme songs for the different pay-per-views. And I remember they had a, a Hazen Street song once was like the theme of a, of a pay-per-view. Yeah. Are, are You Ready? Is that the name of the song? Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool song. I love that whole that whole record to me is just a, a masterpiece, a, cr- a criminally under underappreciated or under uh, realized masterpiece. Because if I think more people it should be aware didn't of find it, its audience. Yeah, it just didn't find its audience, unfortunately. Because I think so many people associate Freddie with Madball. Because I like Freddie's rap stuff too. I think it's really good, and I think that's also underappreciated because Madball fans just want to see him do Madball. So when he does right. those creative creative liberties and does other interests of his that audience doesn't seem to go along with the ride so then you have to find a new audience and that's extremely right difficult. create a new audience yeah. right right yeah exactly I, I, that takes I several records the, right but that hazen street record is just a magical record and i think it's like a perfect introductory record for someone who's never listened to hardcore music or anything because it's got the spirit of hardcore the spirit of punk but it's very palatable. Right. It's awesome. And I'm so glad I got to see them play live a bunch of times uh, at mm. the time when that record was out. Um, yeah, they're, they're just great. I, I love them in Mad Ball and H2O and everything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, classic shit. But I just, I just love that record, man. It's a great record to drive in the car to or just get hype about life to. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Talking about PMA, that's a pure positivity record. But it's funny how yeah. some records just don't find their audience. Just like some bands just don't find their audience. There were so many good hardcore bands in the late 80s, early 90s. Some of them are still around. Some of the legacy acts such as Agnostic Front and Cro-Mags and Madball, Sick of It All, they're still going pretty strong. But there were bands back yeah, then Mur- where, yeah, Murphy's Law is another one. There were bands yeah, back Murphy's then that Law, were... Even Leeway, Eddie Leeway's. Yeah, Leeway's back. Yep, yep, yep. There like so many, Eddie I mean, Leeway. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not with AJ and everybody, but I, I, I think right. Eddie's incredibly talented. Like, it's just like, I enjoyed, I, I, this may make me unpopular, but I saw Guns N' Roses a bunch of times when it was Axel and hired bands playing for three hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, and I, I did thought too. it was fucking great. And I then uh, did I did that in him, Vegas for a while. Yeah, yeah, I saw it there several times. And then I, I saw him play last year with, the, you know, most of the original guys. And I thought that was great too. But in other words... Uh, so, yeah, respect to Eddie, but I, it would be dope to see the whole crew because Leeway was a very talented band, I feel like, all the way around on all the instruments. You know what I mean? It's just hard for a lot of these bands to, I mean, Chromags, John and Harley, right? That's the that's the biggest example of of a band. Everyone would love to see that original Chromags lineup or as close to it as we can get. But you have three main people who don't get along in that equation. So the likelihood of that is minimal. So now you have two separate entities out there performing. But the two separate entities out there performing are both doing their thing. So people can pick and choose what they want to see. They can go to both. They can pick whichever one vibes with them more. But I think a lot of times people don't understand the complexities of, of certain relationships where if people don't really like each other, why would you want them to put on a show together for you? It's not going to be the same. Just like people always talking about a Pantera, Pantera reunion. Like those those guys don't really want to get back together, especially with Dimebag not alive anymore. So why would you want right. a bunch of people who don't really want to do it, just do it for Going you the when they're not when they're you, not right. feeling it at all? Yeah, you know they're right. not feeling it. <laughs> just think about people you used to work with who you don't even want to see ever again, 
and having to go back and work with those people for some Hell, reason. Think about your class reunion. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't like you people for all the years I grew up with you. Why do I want to go? Well, I've separated go from you back. for at least 10 years. Why would I want to go back and subjugate, subjugate myself to that pain and that misery again? It's like, oh, you're still a dick. <laughs> it's just like, now they're like a matured version of one. It's like it's fermented and now it's just taking it to the next level of being a dick. It's like, no, nah, I'm good, man. <laughs> Have you seen uh, Mike the uh, the the John Joseph and the Cro-Mags with Craig ahead and uh, Mackie J? I, I have, yeah, I have seen them. They're pretty devastating, man. Uh, yeah, they, 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 they came out. They came out to Vegas, and I, yeah, they came out to Vegas, and I saw them. But I, but I also grew up seeing Harley in the Cro-Mags with John many times, and I saw Harley singing a couple times. And I really, I, I really loved those performances. They had a real impact on me, especially as a young person. So it's hard for me to see the Crow Mags without Harley. It's just not the right, same, right. in my opinion. They were good, though. They weren't bad at all. You know, I saw them play in Vegas. It's unfortunate that those people can't work it all out. But but I, but I get it. You know, human relationships are very difficult. And if a lot of times people say, why can't they just put their differences aside? It's like, well, <laughs> think about think about people that you don't get along with. Right. You don't have to necessarily miss. You don't have to necessarily want bad. It will for those people, but you don't want to work with them either. You don't want to exactly. probably don't even want to see them. And sometimes people like myself included. I don't know about you. Like I'll have certain kind of like standards at least. Like in other words, if someone does something wrong to me and never apologizes, never makes it right, never does anything, right. and then yeah. then they just want something or are like, hey, let's do this or whatever. No. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, like it never happened. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, we need a conversation first. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. in the same breath that you just hit me up to ask me for something or whatever, could have literally been a message to be like, hey, man, sorry for uh, whatever that was wrong on me. Like, hey, I won't, can we talk about anything? So to me, I'm not a, but sometimes people will say to me like, oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, you should just forget about it. And it's like, right, but I'd gladly forget about it if, it if anyone else involved was willing to do anything about it, you know what I mean, or make it right or right. address it. But to me, that's yeah, just right. um, simple honor and stuff that I think a lot of people, I don't know where you get it from, you know what I mean, but I know that certain people don't have it. And so, yeah, yeah that, that people like to throw that phrase, you know, it's, it's, you know, we need to forgive and forget out so freely. But those are usually people who've never been screwed over. They're usually the people that screw <laughs> over other people. <laughs> you know, they're the ones that right. They're like, right, no, right, right. They're all with them. <laughs> That's right. right, exactly. Hey, let it go. Forget about it. What's the big deal, guys? Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, because I'm getting fucked and you're not going to do anything to uh, own up to it. Right. <laughs> you know, Sometimes people feel that just the fact that they're engaging you, that they're viewing that as an apology. It's like, hey man, I'm reaching out to you. It's, 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 you got to, you got to, you got to address the elephant in the room, though. That you're reaching sure. out to me, and then, and then we're just having this. We both have it on our mind, but no one wants to say anything about it. So like, let's just let's just put that under the rug and not discuss it. But then it becomes this underlying stress where you're just waiting for when it's finally going to pop up at some point. Right. You just look at him like, so you're just not going to bring up, you know, what's, what what happened, huh? Well, what do you mean? I thought, we were, I thought we were past that. How can we get past something that was never even brought up to go past <laughs> it? <laughs> right. That's, I'm with you guys, man. We're on the same page. Like, dude, are you serious right now? <laughs> and I, I, have that, I have that problem with people who owe me money. There's, there's a couple of people who owe me money. Oh, yeah. And they know they owe me money. 
And then they still try to read like, hey man, how's it going? Like, carry on. How it's going is you owe me money, motherfucker. When you gonna pay me Everything, 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 every response I give you is gonna be about my money. Like, man, did you see? Did you see um, SummerSlam this weekend? Yeah, I see Vince made a lot of money. I wish I could get mine. <laughs> everything's, everything's coming back to my money, man. Until you give it to me, or at least you address that. Hey, I know I owe you. Yeah, now we can start having a conversation. Now well, especially when they talk me. about how well they're doing. Like, oh, things are going great, man. Yeah. It's like, oh, really? Well, if they're going so great, then pay me back what you owe me. You know? Or, like, well, it's not going that great. Any sort of a PayPal me $20 a week. Exactly. Hey, just the principle that you're yeah. actually trying to do it. it yeah. Exactly. Just the principle. Exactly. So there's it's like, I don't need the money that people owe me, but it's a principle. Like, I, I, have, I have two friends. I have two friends, and one guy owes another guy money, right? And it's hard for me. Let's call the guy who owes the money person A. <laughs> it is, it's hard for me to be friends with person A because he owes person B money, and I'm friends with that person. And, it's, and my attitude is, person A did you a person B did you a favor, so pay him back. And even years right. later, years later, it's like, oh yeah, I, I know I still owe so and so money. I, I'm gonna pay. I know he could use it, so I'm gonna try to get it as soon as possible. And it's just like what you <laughs> said, Kevin. Pay ten bucks every month on PayPal. And that's what that's what this other guy is saying. He's like, man, just show me that you actually care that you Intense, owe me money. Right. I try to do. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you don't have the thousand dollars right now in full, but if this guy paid twenty bucks a month for the last several years, it would have been paid off by now. It would have been paid off. Right. And then, and yeah. just from the, the that happening every month of recurring payment and him seeing the statement, then at some point he might yeah. be like, oh, I just got this thousand dollar insurance check. I'm going to send five hundred to dude, and then I'm done. Right. Exactly. Right. Because I'm sorry, dude. I cannot go to sleep at night knowing I'm owing somebody's money, man. Especially if I know that I can't. Exactly. Okay. Come on. So that's the reason why exactly. I don't borrow money. That's the reason why I don't borrow money. <laughs> for the fact that, <laughs> because that's a sucky feeling. And guess what? I'm a fan of good sleep. So my fanboy attitude toward good sleep outweighs me needing some money from you. Okay. <laughs> so. And really, all you get is your reputation. So if you're going to hold that's someone right. out on that on that level. And publicly, what does that say about anything and everything else that you do and how you yeah, conduct exactly. yourself? Integrity, man. Come on. Well, it, it just pisses me off because the people that owe me money, it was me giving them, helping them out in a tight situation. It was like, hey, man, here's right. my situation. Is there any way you can prepay me for this? You know, and then instead of waiting until after the, the course, then you see I'm going to be Facebook working with you. They're with. at the baseball game. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 No, they're exactly. on vacation. Replicant no, they're on a cruise. They're on a freaking uh, cruise with drinks in their hand. I'm like, really? And here I am sitting in my apartment, like, <laughs> listen, listen to 18 wheelers on the freeway on I-10. I'm like, really? You're on a cruise, and I'm sitting over here waiting for my money. <laughs> okay, all right, that's cool. <laughs> so yeah, that's another thing. Another thing. If you're gonna be a moocher, you need to like be very careful how you publicize how, how you mooch. Don't go posting stuff on Facebook when you owe people stuff, man, because then you can't lie and say Amen. you don't have it. Because I have, because yeah, I have yeah. screenshot proof. Like, nah, you have it. Look, check this out. Check this out. That's you right there. See, well, that's then, you right a, there. All these broke people always claim like mysterious benefactors. I wish I had a mysterious benefactor. You know what I mean? To be like, oh, oh no, my friend paid for me to Look, go man. to sleep. My friend. Let's be honest. Me to <laughs> Let's be honest. The only the only people that can claim those mysterious benefactors are our inner our uh, Instagram models. They're the only ones. The ones that are taking all those selfies in Dubai, you know, poolside, they have yeah. benefactors. Because you always see that those girls take those selfies and there's never a dude in the picture. 
Come on, you know, just out here with Bay. You're like, I don't see where where is Bay? Because he's some old fat dude, you know, that's like 75 years oh, old, old bald me. somewhere. Those, those girls, those girls are those girls are paying, man. You know, like right. Nothing goes down for free. They're paying. So I remember Joe Rogan was talking about these guys who allegedly are not gay, but they're gay for pay, right? Meaning they have a male benefactor. Now, there's a lot to unpack there, which I won't even bother getting into, but. They, they were making fun, like, like, you know, some guys just don't want to work. And then Joe's like, oh, they're working. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Believe me, I'd rather clean toilets all day than do the work these guys are doing. <laughs> right. So, I mean, clean toilets working. and be someone else's toilet, okay? Rather <laughs> 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 be pissed yeah, off than always... on, man. You know, my dad always told me. <laughs> yeah, like, if the, way, if the way it's covered online is true, it just seems that, like, the 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 finishing move over there is like shitting or pissing on people allegedly. Exactly. That's what all, it all it all comes back to the R. Kelly syndrome, man. <laughs> no matter what. Oh my god. Like meta- metaphorically or literally or metaphorically oh, and literally. Trust me. <laughs> you know? Look, man, when those dudes have all that money, they're doing more than just making it rain in the club, okay? They do some other stuff too, <laughs> making it rain. <laughs> so yeah. In, in Los Angeles you would meet a variety of women who had just benefactors, right? It's like, oh yeah, you know, this guy pays my rent and then this guy makes my car payments, but these guys aren't doing that for nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, right. It's just, it's just a glorified example of a subscription. It's, it's, like it a, it's, it's like a, like a, a subscription to sex, like a paid subscription yeah. to yeah. sex. Yeah, pretty much. Like, like I'm paying your rent, but on Monday and Wednesday of every week, I'm coming over for services paid. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's just like even it's just like an online membership. Even if you sit there and pay that little monthly subscription, you may not log in for like six or seven months. But if the account's still active, you always have access to log in, and that's what these dudes are doing. They're gonna log in sometimes just to see if their account's still working. <laughs> if you know what I mean, right? So yeah. <laughs> but you know, but, but coming, from, coming back to this whole thing about people owing money, not paying it. In a lot of ways, a lot of people who allegedly say they're fans of bands, in particular underground bands, who really rely on people buying their merchandise, coming out to shows, buying records, et cetera, supporting them, really makes a big difference. A lot of people who say they're fans, they don't support them one bit. So you're not a fan if you're just listening to someone's music on YouTube. That's not right. Crazy. I agree. But they're like, the, they're like, oh, these the bands 22. broke up. These bands can't stay together. It's like, yeah, they can't stay together because no one's supporting them financially. But here's the catch right. 22. Here's, here's the catch 22. And I, I saw this a lot when I worked in the industry. And as soon as that artist, you know, all of a sudden they blow up and they get commercial success, everyone that supported them on the underground gets pissed off. It's like, oh, they sold yeah, out. Now they're doing all these yeah. big stadium concerts and blah, blah. I remember when they were just doing like a room full of 30 people. I said, yeah, if 30 of you people had continued to buy their merchandise and everything else, they probably would not have to sit here and depend and make this cheesy song that the record label forced them to do in order to honor their contract. Because nine times out of ten, they didn't want to make that cheesy song. But they're being held hostage by this, this contract, and none of you guys were helping them, so they became, you know, pretty much the they got exploited by their master, you know, the record label owner. So get over it. Like, I can't believe you sold out. I remember when he was hardcore. Like, I would hear people say that, like, about Ice Cube. <laughs> you know, the same thing. Like, oh, man, what, what's, what's up? Man, how do you go How do you go from straight out of Compton to, you know, are we there yet? I'm like, well, first of all, because <laughs> most of you grew up, too, at the same time. And you can't continue saying and doing those things when you become a father, you know, and you have a family of your own. you got to, like, grow up. 
And I would hope that you would have grown up too. But the, the problem that I think Mike brings up, bring this up when we start talking about hardcore bands, when they do like continue to do shows and you look in the crowd and you see these old people who are like, they're like, why are you here? What are you doing? Why are you, why is your 60, 70 year old butt out here trying to be in a mosh pit? You're going to die. You're going to have a heart attack. You, at some point you got to like step aside and let the next generation have it, man. And quit trying to relive the old days, you know, by doing the things you did back in the old days. It's like you can still be a fan. But without having to sit there and sit, try to prove, like, I'm still young at heart, look at me. And, like, no, nah, you look old and ridiculous. Sit, take take a seat. <laughs> it's okay, man. So, of course, you got to grow up sometime, man. You you know, Ice Cube can't still be walking around talking about F the police, but when you're a big star like that, you need the police to protect you <laughs> and guard outside your, your venue. Now, 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 he's, now, he's talking about, now he's talking about bull cookies. <laughs> bull cookies. <Yeah. laughs> That's him being censored. I forget which movie he was in. It was. It might have been Triple X or one of those things. Oh, no, but. it was. Uh, no, uh, was it was Triple X? Yeah, I think it was Triple X. But it was like I a, think it was Triple X. It's like bull cooking. Yeah. <laughs> they never everything of it. Like if you go see Ice Cube live, he just brings it. He'll play. Fuck the police. He does all his shit. Like to me, oh, yeah. getting cast in different yeah. movies or whatever, it's always like a. It's a very small minded outlook for people to be like. Exactly. Same thing with Ice T. Like. Oh, so now you exactly. play a cop on TV? Like, well, yeah, I know it's so stupid. You said like he's, he's like he's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's make believe. He's like I'm playing. He's like I'm playing a character on the record too. He's like I'm not really a cop killer. <laughs> you know, it's exactly. a story. Just like me playing a right. cop, a Law and Order. That's a story too. Dumb fuck. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I I love following Ice T on Twitter because he's really funny yeah. when he engages these stupid people. I think he just has fun with it because obviously he has better things to do with this time, but he just has fun with it. <laughs> they get so, they're so serious online, man, and they act like I know. I know. they're trolling online. They feel like this really going to change the world and it's going to change someone's opinion. It's just like you know, if I flame and I start hitting all caps, you're going to understand what I'm saying and you're going to do what I say and you're going to think the way I think. Like, no, I'm thinking you're an idiot. I'm why do you keep hitting all caps? What does that mean? You look very juvenile. It's it like mean, the person that wants to write a letter. They're yelling. You know, but what's funny <laughs> to me? They're raising their voice. People, people, people that type in all caps is the equivalent. Of the four-year-old that gets mad, he grabs that big giant. Remember those big pencils we had in like in preschool to write with? They were like really big, fat pencils. They were they were like about a good foot long and like an inch thick. You know, just because your hands were so small or whatever. It seems like they're trying to write with that and write these really big letters in order to get their point across. Because that's what you look like. You look like a little kid that's screaming like, "Dude!" And I'm not even gonna read that if you hit in all caps because it just looks bad on the screen. It's like people that have websites and the letters, all the fonts are in red. On a black background, it's like, dude, dude, I, I can't, I can't even see that. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's hardcore, man. It, it, it's like death. I'm like, well, if I'm dead, I'm not reading. So you need to do something about this font, okay? Because I'm still alive, man. Right. Uh, My eyes want to see it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. Speaking of hardcore, Kevin, how did you get into the whole scene? Uh, I was just like a young, uh, a young kid in Queens, man, and just had like the usual shit, like, uh, you know, uh, my parents like split up and I was like the youngest kid and like all my brothers and sisters, like pretty much it all moved, moved out like as soon as they could. And, uh, I, I switched schools, uh, and I went to school in Jackson Heights and, uh, that, uh, got me connected with all these people where I suddenly was listening to like uh instead of listening to like say Metallica I would listen to Suicidal Tendencies now you know what I mean and Creator yeah, right, and right. Uh, all this like the realer stuff like whoa this is amazing and then 
through those same guys, like they turned me on to like some hardcore stuff, uh, sick of it all and, and killing time. So I was like, man, uh, I, very early on, I just went to CBGB's and went and saw sick of it all. And, uh, it was right. And I was just like, damn, this is like the craziest shit ever, you know? And I had heard like some ludicrous stuff and just different, um, things, you know what I mean? Like you become aware of anthrax and, uh, I just became, was like a guy who got loved the aggressive super metal stuff, but then finding hardcore and punk rock, it was like the condensed version of that in a good way. Like it was instead of a six minute song, it could have all the fucking fury in two minutes, you know? Right. So right. then I still I still like the thrash stuff in the background, but I just became all about like like New York hardcore, Murphy's Law, Leeway, Gorilla Biscuits, Sick of It All, uh, Ludacris, Killing Time. Uh, that whole that whole run, Agnostic Front, Bad Brains, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, just I got, got super it. into it. So just but, but then right. buying the record and reading the reading the lyrics, liner notes, you know, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. like feel like feeling a certain way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, wow, this is really yeah. like nothing ever spoke so real to me before. Like you read the lyrics to the first Sick of It All record, you know. And then when you're at the show, you might run into the guys from the band who will say hello to you or like, hey, have a good one. Like they would act like normal people to you. Right. Right. There were a lot of times they're in the audience. Yeah. During other band sets and so forth. Yeah. And just the aura of going to, it's amazing what the Lower East Side of New York City is today compared to what it was, (laughs) especially the Bowery. But to go to like literally like hell on earth almost, you know what I mean? Like Skid Row. And go see these crazy concerts and, and then to be accepted into a scene and all that and get to know all these great people. It's an amazing gift, you know, and I think it's one that's benefited, benefited me greatly in life. Yeah. It's funny how Metallica was a gateway drug for a lot of harder music because I remember I got into Metallica and I go, wow, this is the hardest stuff ever. Master of Puppets, Ride the Lightning, Kill Em All. And then you start, you, you adapt just like anything else, just like working out. The first time you lift a heavy weight, you're like, wow, this is the heaviest weight ever. And then you adapt, it becomes easy. You want another challenge. And that's how a lot of music was for me as well. I'd get into Metallica, I adapt it. It's like, then you listen to Slayer, you're like, okay, this is awesome. Then you start looking for something different, maybe something with some more meaningful impact in terms of the lyrics. And that led me to the Chromex, where I didn't even like Age of Coral that much when I first heard it. It's just, I, I just couldn't get it. Then I listened to Best Wishes, which was more thrash crossover. I really liked that. And that got me to go back and get into Age of Coral. And then I got into Agnostic Front and Bad Brains and went down that whole rabbit hole. And I still love listening to new hardcore bands today and discovering new bands. But like you said, Kevin, I, I, the lyrics really impacted me as well, especially Chromex, where they talked about animal rights. Because no, no band was really talking about that at that time. Certainly not a metallic band. Right, like, right. Wow, these guys are actually singing about something here, and that that was something I was getting into on my own at that time. So that really resonated with me. Right, that pe- people are passionate about stuff and connected to it. And you know what? To be to be fair, too, uh, while Metallica certainly was a gateway for me too, uh, the one band I forgot to mention and credit, which definitely gets credit technically, is the Beastie Boys, because uh, when the oh, Beastie yeah, Boys sure. came out with with License to Ill and all that that was like game changing shit. Like people have no idea how much, how revolutionary that album was and how it changed the game, like for a generation of, of people, you know? So 
being such a devout Beastie Boys fan, like I was always looking for everything, you know, various set singles and every possible thing relating to them. And uh, yeah. that it wasn't very hard to then find the Polywog Stew EP. So I would listen to that, right, right. and I was like, this is the craziest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever heard. I kept looking at the back of the record like, this. oh, it says Mike D or whatever on this, or Adam Horowitz <laughs> on this. And I'm like, doesn't say, how can this be them? But I, that, <laughs> that, that, that yeah. actually was like a, yeah. a, a, a gateway for me. And then, No, a lot of people um, don't realize they were a hardcore band. They were opening up for the exactly. band when they first got on. Exactly, the man. <laughs> and uh, there was them, and then also like... Uh, I, I was big into video games as a kid, and uh, like Commodore 64 was like a big oh, deal yeah. for like downloading <laughs> right. games, basically, or like trading games with your friends. It was it almost it, it was supposed to be games for sale, but in the end, it almost became like an open platform because yeah. piracy was so rampant or whatever. But right. through trading games with people, there was like this uh, like a skinhead guy, like skinhead in the hardcore sense, not skinhead in the modern racist sense. Uh, guy that I would trade video games with through the mail sent me a mixtape uh, that had like seven seconds and, and all this different stuff, angry Samoans. Um, <laughs> so those were all ways that, that kind of all those things played a part in me then being able to like get acclimated to the music. You know what I mean? Cause like having little uh, precursors of it almost helped me understand it better. Is there anything that you listen to? I don't know how much you follow the current scene, but are there any new bands or relatively new bands that you're into? Huh. Like, uh, the newest band, the newest bands I like, I think, I don't know, they're not really technically hardcore. Well, I love uh, Wisdom and Chains, I think, is dope. I mean, they've been around a long time, but they're, they're like really of, a, of a new generation. Um, obviously, all the bands we talk about, I still love them all. Every band I mention, sick of it all. I see them every time they play with Chromags with John Joseph. Every time they play, a brand new band I like is Blood Clot, John Joseph's new band with the yeah, with John the record, guys, yeah. yeah, Hot Youth and all them. I got to see them play the other day, and they're fucking incredible, man. Uh, I love the Old Firm Casuals out of uh, the Bay Area here with Lars Fredrickson and and. Uh, that, that whole crew, you know what I mean? They have Rance, an incredible Rance, band. Yeah. yeah, it's like Lars and uh, Paul Revis and uh, uh, just, yeah, they just have a great, great fucking band, man. And uh, they're, they're another band, like, you know, I go see them every time they play. I love the Interrupters. Uh, they're not a hardcore band, you know what I mean? But I, I think they're fucking awesome. Uh, Code Orange is great, you know, but I guess Overall, I'm probably more into some of the the legacy acts, as you said, but I'm always open right. to to seeing new shit. You know what I mean? I got to see Valiant Thor the other day. Have you ever seen or heard them? I've heard of them. I've never heard their music. Oh, man, like just uh, incredible. I, I never heard a note of their music, and I just watched them play at the Warp Tour. And uh, yeah. just incredibly powerful performance. And uh I feel like the singer is definitely influenced by like seventies pro wrestling, just in his mannerisms and stuff, which added another layer of entertainment and bringing the crowd into the show. They, they were incredible, man. They're a band I'm now officially a fan of too. It's very rock and roll, but it's great. See, I like going to a lot of new bands because I don't want to be that guy who only listens to music that I listened to when I was growing up. 
right? You, like, you see sure. those guys at certain concerts. They go, go to the Alice, Chains, Alice in Chains concert. Everyone's between 40 and 50. So I, I, I go to the Legacy Acts, too, but I want to hear new stuff, and I want to be around that new energy because it just takes me back to when I was that age, discovering new right. bands. So I think it's important, I mean, if you have the time, to, to check out some new stuff. Like Turnstile, I really like, Code Orange, Trapped Under Ice. There's a lot of really good hardcore bands is what I found. And it's, but it, the, the thing is, it takes a while to find them. And a lot of people our age are just busy. So you're not going to sit there right. for hours researching right. bands and learning about new bands and so forth. And then a lot of it also, it takes several listens to get into it. You don't necessarily like it right off the sure. cuff. A lot of the bands the I just mentioned, the first time I heard it, I was like, eh, I don't know. Then after a few more listens, I'm like, okay, I actually like this. I really like it. And one of the best ways, of course, to see these bands is when you see them opening for your favorite acts. Like, that's always, to me, the ultimate way to get every, you know what I mean? Everyone gets over is when, like, the incredible or the legacy bands bring out the next generation bands. And then when the next generation bands blow up, they return the favor. And, and yeah. you know, like we do in wrestling, yeah. uh, do, do the honors. Yeah, but, exactly. Like, put them over, yeah. Exactly. Hate Parade did I that a lot, right? They opened up for Madball, and then Madball opened up for them. So it's it's good. It's good when you see that And, and one one band that I didn't mention in all my uh, putting over New York hardcore and all the stuff that I love and all that uh, is H2O. I know they're also considered like a punk rock band and whatever, but H2O is like a huge part of that whole uh, that whole scene. You know what I mean? And, of course, right. there was all the, the bands I got to work with at those times, like uh, – Fahrenheit 451 and No Redeeming Social Value and Vision of Disorder and Shutdown and uh, 25 to Life and Six and Violence and Neck and Without a Cause, like all this crazy shit. Like there was just a lot of good shit coming out of hardcore at that time, man. No doubt. Now it's it's interesting to see all these different worlds merging because it seems that you have to... There was a time where if you got a song on a movie soundtrack, that worked really well for you. And that's not happening so much now. But now you're seeing these creative combinations, whereas we mentioned Code Orange at that wrestling event. You know, who would have thought yeah. of that? But that's the, kind of, that's the kind of thing that can really put them over. Oh, big time. Yeah. And it just helps. It exposes. Think of how many different people in wrestling are either involved with or are fans of the hardcore scene and stuff like that. It's more prevalent than it's ever been. Like the fact that you had CM Punk as like a world champion and a crossover star and all that stuff. And that right. he's a guy from, from the hardcore scene, you know what I mean? And vocal about it and wearing pro shirts on TV and stuff like that. Um, that that's like incredible to me. You know what I mean? That kind of started it, but then there's so many guys that have followed, through not all of them represented in their mannerisms you know but it's i never yeah to me it's uh awesome but in a way unexpected yeah yeah there's a lot of merging of these worlds here i find i've always found you know coming out coming out of the fitness industry i found that just letting people be aware of my interests i'm really into animal rights i follow a vegan diet i listen to intense music just putting that all out there i would attract a lot of people that not only like my training style, but the fact that I'm into all those things that they're into as well was an extra bonus. Right, right. It's like supporting the scene. Yeah. So I think it's important for people. A lot of times people aren't as authentic as they should be. Whatever industry you're in, it doesn't have to be the fitness industry or any other industry. A lot of times people keep their hobbies or interests to themselves. And well, 
Especially those trying to speak that commercial, shit, they're trying to speak that commercial appeal, and they feel like, well, if I let someone know that, you know, that I'm in <laughs> yeah, right. front, you know, that might scare off, you know, these these executives and these CEOs who want to bring me in and start a corporate wellness program with them, and then, you know, they're wearing these suits to a corporate wellness, you know, listen and learn or a lunch and learn or whatever. Like you're the fitness guy, but you're wearing a suit to a lunch and learn. But but then when you get back in your car, you're blasting freaking mushroom head, you know, sky high, you know, on your way back to the gym. Like, yeah, nailed, nailed that one. Got that account. He's like, dude, you're fake. It's not who you are. <laughs> like what someone, someone, you have, you have music you listen to when you're alone and then you have another playlist if someone else is in the car. It's yeah, like, oh, she's about to get, like, hold on, hold on a second. Let me put the Mary J. Blige song on when so-and-so gets in the car. <laughs> And I like Mary J, but it's just, it's just an example of but just being some people fake. that won't let you know that. They're like, yeah, yeah, right. um, yeah. I don't, I don't. No, I don't like Rihanna. No, man, I don't like Katy Perry. You're like, really? <laughs> and they're like playing fireworks as they roll the windows up and dro- drop you off. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure, man. Either you like it or you don't. It's just that simple. And who gives a damn? What are you feeling guilty about? It's like no one has right. to, everyone doesn't have to yeah, agree. As long, that as, long as you're not hurting face. someone else, and, and, and then at exactly. that point, you should you should feel guilty about hurting someone else, not the fact that you exactly. like hurting someone else. As long else as, you, and, as, long as you're not beating someone. your wife, as long as you're not beating your wife with, with you know, firework as your soundtrack, you know, when you're committing domestic <laughs> abuse, then you know, it's a problem, you know, come on. Right. <laughs> so, Kevin, you found an interesting way to combine a lot of your interests on, on your podcast. You have people from hardcore bands, you have people from the wrestling scene. So what oh, what made you get that Yeah, that's right. That as well. Well, what made you graduate into that hole? What made what made you get into the whole? What what inspired you to get into podcasting? Well, uh, I had started listening to to Colt Cabana's Art of Wrestling podcast, and I just loved it. I thought it was so cool, and um, and I had some other friends that were doing podcasts, and. Uh, Several people kept telling me, like, oh, you should do a podcast, you should do a podcast. And I'm like, oh, who wants to, you know what I'm saying, who, you're like, oh, yeah, that's what the world needs, another podcast. Little did I know how much more true that will become, you know, as the years go by. But uh, basically, I uh, I had a bunch of cool stuff going on, and uh, I decided to, like, leave, like, kind of take a step out of the video game industry and then just uh, work on doing stuff with myself so to speak so like i got a a part in the saints row video game and uh i got a part on the icp television show icp theater and i was like man i should do a podcast or something because these are great little prod not little projects but they're great projects to be associated with but what about when there's not another project to be associated with it would be cool if there was a place that was just my place or my production that i can you know put out there and I've always been into interviewing people um I've interviewed people in for different formats or for different reasons over the years like wrestlers musicians etc and uh so I was like yeah it just felt like a good idea and then trying to just line it all up and then Andrew WK was down to be the first guest and I was like all right well it's it's rolling and uh and it hasn't stopped since How do you, I mean, how do you, are are you actually making money podcasting or is it more of a just hobby for you? And if you are making money, how do you do it? It's like, it depends. Like I'll make money through being booked places, like coming in to do a podcast or coming in to do commentary and, you know, sell some shirts and uh, sponsorships and all that stuff. But it's like Patreon 
But at times, yeah. like I've been, I've had Patreon going pretty good, and then I've also been very neglectful of it, where it's like, oh, I'm so busy, I could barely get the episode out, never mind trying to, oh, let me reinvent this Patreon, and then start finding a way to schedule people all around the world to do a live show with them, and you know what I mean? Like the, so there's something that I could be doing better. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, so it's, it's like a labor of love. It's a way to, uh, like keep myself, uh, current and it's a cool way to just connect, connect with people and, and share these stories and share, you know, the whole positive mental attitude thing, which seems to connect with and help a lot of people. So all things add up, I feel like to something cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the real challenge. I mean, I'm, we enjoy podcasting as well, and it's cool to have conversations with people such as yourself. But at the same time, we should all be compensated you know, for putting out great content. So that's the challenge there is how do you make that happen? And there's a lot of indirect ways to make it happen, such as I, I design nutrition supplements. So the show is a great way to promote whatever I'm doing and get traffic into that. But the content itself is worth paying for you're you're tuning in every week. I mean, I'm sure you have listeners that have that have listened to every episode you've ever put out for years, yet they've never made a Patreon donation or bought a T-shirt right. or done right, everything. Right, they tell right. you they're a big fan of the show, but they tell you constantly, "Man, right. big fan of the show, man. I love this episode. Thank you." I can't like, get no, enough of it. it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know. It's like feel <laughs> it's like free that. to throw in a quarter a week. You know, you know what I mean? How about, <laughs> yeah. how about a quarter <laughs> exactly. a week? Those quarters add up, man. Well, four quarters a month, you're talking a dollar. You do that 12 times in a year, it's 12 bucks. <laughs> yes. So I think I think the challenge is when something is free, people consume it for free, and then they're not even thinking after the fact how to reciprocate. Reminds me of right, people that right. teach these yoga classes in Los Angeles. They would teach these yoga classes, and then they would have a donation hat. And there would be people that show up in a... Mercedes Benz, who wouldn't leave anything in there, or they would leave two bucks. <laughs> and I had a, I basically said, look, man, you just just decide what you're worth. Decide what a good fee is for what you're offering, and insist people pay that ahead of time, because this donation bullshit is not working. It's not working at all. And I found that when I was teaching kettlebell courses in LA, I would I would get as many people to prepay as possible. But early in my career, people would say, hey, can I just pay at the course? I get there. And I was like, yeah, yeah right. sure. Sure, yeah, come on out, pay at the course. But I go, can I pay cash at the course? I was like, yeah, that sounds good to me. Those people never showed up. In the history of me teaching courses, not one person who said, let me just pay at the course, ever showed up and paid to, pay to the, the point course. where I didn't, even, I didn't even allow it after a while. I was like, no, you have to pay ahead of time. Don't even show up if you don't pay ahead of time. Right there is a link. Pay ahead of time or don't come. People And then people who paid ahead of time always showed up, or if they didn't show up, too bad. No, you don't get your money. Call that a donation. And that's a donation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a donation. I would, I, would, I, would always say, I would always tell everybody in my class, I'd say, we'd like to thank so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so for sponsoring today's <laughs> class. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I, look, I gave them their recognition, so at least they didn't just pay in vain. You know, I'm like, we, we thank our corporate sponsors. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not a problem. But yeah, I'll take that any day of the ones that never showed up, man. Like, I still have this guy now. It's like, hey, man, um, so when's your next, you know, concealed carry class? Oh, so and so. All right, man, save me a seat. I, said, I don't save seats. Like, dude, what part of the I don't save seats. It's like I said, the link is on my website. You can go there kindly right now and say, in fact, I'm right here, so you can give me your credit card. I can swipe it right now, but I got multiple ways of taking payments. You know, I got PayPal here. I've got Square. What you got? You know, you just give me the plastic, and we can make it happen. 
But then it's always I get that well, too with my, I get that too with my supplements when I say, look, I'm about to run out of stock. So if you anyone who wants to load up, just make sure you do it. Save now. A couple whenever months. I say that, it's, yeah, whenever I say that, it's not a gimmick. I'm being honest about it. And then I'll always get that one person who's going, hey, man, I can't pay right now, but can you put a couple bottles aside for me? And then, you know, I'll pay in a couple of weeks. I was like, no, first come, first serve, dipshit. <laughs> That's the whole point of me letting you know. I'm about to run out. So if you want to get some before you have to wait a month for the next batch. This is funny about that. They, say, they, they say save me a couple of bottles like you know them, like it's your best friend. It's like it's your buddy or something <laughs> yeah. like that. It's like you've never met this person. They, they say these things to you. Like, hey, man, save me a seat. And, hey, bro, save me a seat. Like I don't even know you, man. <laughs> and it's not—it's not like it's not like they're a longtime customer or someone no. that you're familiar with who's no. saying, "Hey, I get paid at midnight tonight. Can you put three <laughs> on the side? I'll pay for them tonight." Exactly. That's also me. Well, I mean, also you're paying with a credit card, <laughs> you know. Right. So guess what? Use your credit card, and then when exactly. you get paid next week, use that balance to pay back Make your credit payment. card. See how it works? <laughs> That's you, the beauty of credit cards. You've got about a, you've got a, at least 21 days to get the money together to pay for this product that you're going to put in your credit card. That's usually how credit yeah, cards you're not, work. You're not, you're not sending me a money order. <laughs> you know, you're right. <laughs> but, but that's it. That's a challenge we have, Kevin, with the show, because we've been doing this for a minute, too. You know, We've been doing this for over four years. Four years. And... So we know what the numbers are, and we're we're leaning we're, right now. What we do is we do two free episodes per month, and then we have two premium episodes. So you have to be a Patreon subscriber to get the premium episodes. But as long as there's free episodes, I think that's going to damper how many people go towards the premium route. But if you make the entire show premiums, like look, from now on, you got to be a Patreon supporter. You got to donate five bucks. Big deal. We're not asking you to donate five thousand dollars. $5 a month, and you get access to all the shows you enjoy, and you're incentivizing us to put out even more content. And now we can go from four episodes to eight episodes if we have enough people subscribing because our time is being, you know, we're being compensated now. Right. So I think so I think as long as something is free, people aren't going to pay for the pay option. They're just going to consume the free information. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna ride the fence, but they're always going to keep one foot on the on the free side. <laughs> Just in case they lose the balance. <laughs> one, yeah. one foot and possibly it, yeah, like and leaning leaning their body weight over. And a left nut, you know. <laughs> so yeah, man. I mean, imagine if I had an option where I said, okay. Here's where you order my supplements, and you know if you don't have the money right now, just let me know. I'll send you a bottle, and just pay me back later. <laughs> you know how many how many people you think would actually pay back later? Probably none. Probably zilch. So that's why we don't do wow. it. So you don't pay, you don't get it. See how that works? Exactly. That, that, oh, we're both now we're both happy. I don't have to worry about you paying for it. You don't have to worry about waiting to receive it forever. <laughs> you know? We're both happy. I don't have to follow up with you to get the money. You don't have right. to avoid you my say, calls. Yeah, you have to duck <laughs> and dodge me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, now that we're starting to move toward that, just every episode pretty much is going to be for Patreon subscribers. Once we mentioned that, I think in the last episode, you know, I saw that all of a sudden those Patreon subscriptions changed up a little bit. We got a few more right after that episode was released. That goes to show me who actually listened right away. <laughs> and the thing right, is, they right. also and they and they didn't start at the very bottom level either. You know, as far as Patreon, so they kind of came in big, like making a statement. I'm like, okay, I like that. Let's see if the trend can keep yeah. going with everyone else. Well, and, and if it doesn't, well, it doesn't matter because these people are in. You know, you're in now. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> you, you secured your spot. Okay, so you don't have to worry about somebody right. saving you a seat. 
<laughs> you know? I mean, you, right, you find out who the real fan, you find out who the real fans are, right? Oh, yeah. If you, if, it's like okay, I, oh, I love the show I've been listening to for four years. It's like okay, well, guess what? Now it's going to be five bucks a month to keep listening to the show you say you love. Anyone who actually really does love the show, why would you hesitate? Exactly. Right, right, right. You're not going to feel it. Especially, You're not going to feel that five bucks. It's like, oh man, I started paying that five bucks, and man, I really feel the impact of that. Dude, I didn't realize it was a dollar twenty-five a week. On now. I didn't realize it was a dollar twenty-five a week when I signed up. <laughs> yeah. So like, geez. especially that one person always says, like, man, I've been listening to the show since you guys first started. I'm like, man, that's four four years and three months. Okay, so that means, trust me, you for the next four years and three months of paying five dollars, that's the only way you would even equal all the great content you got before you started paying. You were throwing them at them right. like, oh, and if they if they still don't do it, it's like, okay, well then, bye. You know, we we don't even want well, I mean, well, like even that. even the indirect route is suspect, right? Where you know, my my day, I, I run a nutrition supplement company. I design supplements for hardworking trainees. That's how I make my living. Now, people listen to the show. They use a coupon code. They get a discount. They're like, oh yeah, I'm a big fan of the show. That's why I buy your supplements to support the show. I go, that's great, but. I'm not selling you crap. You know, I'm selling you really good products. So you're getting, you're not getting something for nothing. You're getting really good products. So for that sure. is supporting the show indirectly, but it's not supporting the show directly. It's two different things, two different mediums. Exactly. So right, right, right. That, that's it's not a donation. Is where I'm going. There's, yeah, someone, there's sure, sure, sure. There's just not supporting the show. There's a difference. It's like you just happen to hear about you. You've heard more about the business during the show, okay? But that would be just case. That would be the same as if we had a sponsor or whatever else. And then you know you go out and buy their product. You would have known about them had they not been on the show. And but at least they're still paying to you know be on the to get advertised on the show as well. So everybody's winning right there. So basically, when you're going buy one of our products because you heard about it on the show and heard more about it on the show, you're actually supporting that product. And, and trust me, if it wasn't for those products, there probably wouldn't be a show because if because therefore if we weren't getting income from anywhere, we wouldn't be doing this at this point. So to support the show, that's what that's what Patreon's for. That's when you really like support the show. It's like that because that's going straight for the show, nothing else. It's really that simple. But it's just the you know it's the, it's the parallel I'm bringing back to people and bands is how do you expect people to keep doing their craft if they're not being compensated? So when right. someone says, "Oh, they sold out, they're playing arenas now," it's like, yeah, that's what you have to do to make a really good living doing this. They can't just keep right. playing at the VFW halls to twenty people for five dollars. <laughs> yeah, some of these yeah, guys, they, some of these guys are fifty the, the, with the family. They, they need to evolve. Successful. The notion of succeeding, uh, succeeding does not equal selling out. You know what I mean? It, ne right. it never has right. and it never will. Unless your right. entire premise is based, like, if Fugazi was playing Madison Square Garden, you could say, I can't believe Fugazi sold out. You know what I mean? Because their entire thing has always been, we won't play a show that's more than five bucks or six bucks, whatever. Right. You right. know what I mean? But... Yeah, it's just weird. Like, people get hung up on what everyone else is doing. If a band... I, I saw uh, Rancid and the Dropkick Murphys play two nights ago at the Greek Theater in Berkeley, like, sold out, like, thousands and thousands of people, and it was awesome. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. it does... It's just it's just awesome. It's like, hats off to those guys for, for succeeding beyond their wildest dreams and still raising the... You know what I mean? Still rising. 
Well, I mean, if you're a fan, you want to see whoever you're a fan of be as successful as possible, right? You want the best for them. Like for the people in Code Orange, the lead singer and the drummer, lead singer, Jamie, he's a really cool guy. I've had quite a bit of interaction with him on Twitter. I've helped him out with some fitness stuff. Very nice guy. And I remember them not even that long ago where they were playing really small venues. They were in Vegas maybe two years ago playing at some community center. Total dive to maybe 50 people. And then when I saw that clip of them at that wrestling event with that huge audience, man, it was so heartening for me. I was like, wow, that's awesome. You know, I want to see yeah, that's like at the, they're good and people and they're good Brooklyn. music. You know, they're, they're at the yeah. Barclays Center. You know, they're in Brooklyn. No, yeah, I wasn't going, Barclay oh, Center. man, they sold out. They should just be playing it. Right. These guys it's like, to, they're yeah. making great music, and they want to have as many people listening to it as possible. They're not compromising their musical style to reach a bigger audience. They're playing exactly the kind of music they want, and it's working. They're, 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 and they're playing and, huge and, festivals in Europe. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, it wasn't that long. It, like six months ago, I guess they were out with. Uh, they were opening up for um, Kill Switch Engage and Anthrax. They right. were like the right. yep, the opener, right. you know, like the band that goes on ten minutes after Doors for you know hugely established bands over them, and they they killed right. it every night. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, you, you and think about that it makes me feel good when I when I, when they're that successful. I'm not going, oh man, they're yeah. not going to be playing that community center next time they come out here. <laughs> you know, they, no, they want to succeed. That's, they want to evolve. They're getting validated for their contributions, man. That's awesome. And the fact that they were p- performing on a platform that hundreds of thousands of people are watching and will watch on replays and everything else, exactly. and it's a lot of the type of people that they would love to have as fans. You know, right, right. I think it's awesome that nowadays, like you know, on their days off, you have guys like Sami Zayn or M Dog Matt Cross or any litany of guys who will be in the mosh pit at shows. You know, yeah, right, yeah, right. Which is another band. Another band is at a disadvantage. You know what I mean? If you're in there in the pit (laughs) with pro wrestlers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> gonna be you're gonna be a bowling pin in there. <laughs> Come on, right? I'm not trying to be in the moss pit with with Kevin Owens, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> trying to get right? powerful power ball. Then love the moss pit. It, hit you with the. <laughs> but some fans ball. probably like that. You know, they're like, oh man, he, he cannonballed me, man. What an honor! Like, the the moss pit can be can be kind of fun, right? Because I remember when I was a kid, you know, I wasn't into working out like I am now, so I was a lot smaller. So I don't get into too many mosh pits, but I, I saw Upon a Burning Body a while back, metalcore band out of Texas, and they're really good. And I wasn't necessarily in the mosh pit, but I was really close to the stage, so people were moshing behind me. And every time someone slammed into me, they just bounced right off. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, it was, so that was kind of, I would just feel people bouncing off. I'm not moving an inch. You know, they're just, someone's slamming them into me and they, they hit me and just bounced right off, you know, back in to wherever they were. So that, that was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking crazy, man. I don't, I don't fuck with the pit anymore. You know what I mean? No, I, yeah, I, I, do, I, I do, I do VIP I, I, when I go to a concert. Well, right? yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm having a nice, I'm having a nice drink in the balcony watching the. Yeah, I, am, I was, yeah, I was I that Slayer. Fun. Yeah, I was that Slayer watching the huge pit in the Wall of Death. I was like, have fun down there. <laughs> yeah, fuck that shit, man. Yeah, I'll take a seat or I'll stand on the side of the stage, whatever. Uh, I just want a good, like, good man, I got, I got to work out tomorrow. 
Yeah, I remember taking my wife up to a Marilyn Manson concert, and I was watching it, and she was, I said, like, yeah, I put in my work. I paid my dues. I don't have to do that crap anymore. I said, that is not fun at this age, at this point now. So I'm just, I said, it's now part of the entertainment now. This is part of what I pay for my ticket. <laughs> so he's on stage performing. I'm watching these kids having a good time because I've been there, done that. I don't need to get down there and prove anything, man. And then a lot of times, the pit now, especially a lot of, a lot of people in this generation now, they're not even do, enjoying the way we did. Like, look, man, yeah, we were – it was a release, but we were enjoying the music board. Now they look for it as a reason to fight. You know, just yes, a, exactly you, right. you can almost see the guy that get ready to walk up to the pit like that dude's about to start something. You just all you just see the posture. You can look at just his body language. And and, and when I'm watching, it's like I almost want to like send out like a signal to the kids already watching, like, hey, get ready, here comes trouble. Because you can just see this guy, and then he just comes in. It's just some big, you know, swollen guy, and then he like look like he just left the gym. And then all these little skinny kids, man, he's just coming in, and he's just pushing them around. So then you just kind of say, it's like, man, this, this jackass right here, man. It's like, you're, you're missing the point. That's not what this is all about. Not at all, man. When I would go to Cromag shows, Agnostic Front, at, at the old 930 Club in D.C., it wasn't a circle pit either. It was just a big mosh pit. Yeah, there were no ill intentions. But I will say that one of the things that ruined the hardcore scene towards the late 90s is there were a lot more fights at those New York City shows and in D.C. as well. And that's what hurt it for a long time. And it took a while for it to come back from that. So I remember there was some, there was a place called the Safari Club in D.C. And Yeah, I was there. It just, it, it, yeah, it just became notorious after a while that there would be brawls or there would be people that weren't even into the scene, but they would wait for people to come out. And pick fights with them. It was just, it was just a lot of stupid shit like that going on that just ruined it for a while. No, for sure, man. And yeah, then it becomes you can't get a venue to to run shows at no. and all that. Stuff. Right, exactly. right, exactly. Right. That's the other thing is there as well. And then like sometimes people will say, oh, they got a barricade. I can't go on stage. So I was like, yeah, because we don't want to have a, a <laughs> Lamb of God type situation where that lead singer was stuck in a prison <laughs> right. overseas because yeah. some kid jumped off and died from brain trauma. So you have to look, you have to again, is you want these bands to succeed or not. You know, they can't perform if no one's going to book them or they have to deal with potential lawsuits. Right. Or, or prison sentences or whatever the fuck. Especially in a yeah. foreign country. Don't want that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. So what do you have like, going yeah. on? Oh, sorry, Kevin, go ahead. I was going to say, like, on the Warp Tour this year, I forget what band it was, but I think there was a band that was, like, uh, encouraging, you know, a wall of death type scenario during their set. Yeah. Yeah. And then they stopped They stopped doing it, and I think the band, like, tweeted something like, hey, uh, if something happens, if a pit or whatever happens, it happens. But as far as me orchestrating specific events or whatever, like, uh, I won't be doing that anymore. I guess that's where they drew the line. Like, hey, if people have a pit have a pit but if you're like everyone line up over here everyone line up over there like they don't need that at the warp tour which i guess makes I sense. mean it's 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 funny what people have a pit too as well because i've been to papa roach before where people are trying to get a pit going or chevelle and people are trying to get a pit going oh, like, <laughs> come on guys i was like give it a break man all right we don't need a pit at Papa Roach. Somebody, <laughs> 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 you're trying to get a pit at Stone Sour. Like, wait a minute, I think you're you're looking at Corey in the wrong band here. You you missed that was the Slipknot concert. You're a little late, duty, dude, right there. Come on, man. 
Yeah, he hits that that aggressive note for a second. They're trying to get a pit. It's already over by the exactly. time. You know, it's already gone back to the melodic part now. And the, and the exactly. He's looking back through the glass, okay? So much time has passed. <laughs> <laughs> but nowadays, what, what man, I'm just... No, go ahead, buddy. Oh, I was going to say now, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, just doing the doing the Kevin Gill Show podcast. Uh, every week I got a bunch of cool music episodes about to drop. I always got a ton of wrestling uh, episodes in the mix. It's always recorded in person, so it's like face-to-face interviews a la Colt Cabana. And, uh, oh, that's cool. Uh, every week I'm on uh, Keeping It 100 with Conan on Podcast One on the Jericho Network. Um, I co-host that with Disco Inferno and Conan. Uh, oh, very cool. I book all... I booked the wrestling and do the commentary for uh, Juggalo Championship Wrestling and St. Clown Posse's uh, wrestling organization, and uh, I'll be at the Ju- I'll be at the Juggalo March on uh, September 16th in Washington D.C. and uh, yeah, doing a pro wrestling commentary on Fight TV for Pro Wrestling Revolution and All Pro Wrestling and Ugwa down in San Jose and uh, whoever else books me. And it sounds like I have a booking coming up in Brooklyn that I'll be able to announce soon. And, uh, oh, I, I do a hardcore reissues on uh, DignifiedBastard.com, uh, some of the classic Striving for Togetherness records from the 90s New York hardcore scene uh, are being re- reissued by me and put out by me, and they're at DignifiedBastard.com, plus other cool shirts, stickers, gimmicks, and all that. And, uh, of course, uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, Patreon, slash Kevin Gill Show, and I'm on all forms of social media at OG Kevin Gill on Twitter, and uh, that's uh, that's what's up with me right now. Did you have all that written down on a piece of paper? <laughs> you, 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 <laughs> no, you, look, man, you nailed, you nailed look, man he's, in the, he's in the wrestling. He's in the wrestling business, so he knows how to sell it, man. He knows how to do it. He knows how to cut a pro. Yeah, there, there was a there was a lot of precision. There was a lot of precision with that list. <laughs> you didn't miss a beat. <laughs> Try to just get a lot of stuff over and try to say it in as few words as possible. It, it's a whole yeah, random set of plugs. But, yeah, the podcast comes out every <laughs> week on, on uh, iTunes and uh, all those type of places, and I would invite people to check it out. Uh, the, I have, you know, interviews with Lars Fredrickson, with John Joseph from the Cro-Mags, with the guys from Sick of It All, with Agnostic Front, with HDL. Yeah, you had Freddie from Madball on there, I believe. Yeah, Freddie from Madball. Um, just so many great Billy, legends. Billy, Billy from Biohazard has been on your show. Adam from H2O has been on your show. So you've had a lot of good people. Yeah, Joe from Wisdom and Chains. Uh, just see yeah, a lot of people, man. So I, uh, I, it's always cool to meet people who listen to the show. So, um, you know, never feel shy about saying hello to me. I get to meet a lot of cool people at hardcore shows and wrestling shows. So that's, a, again, a cool crossover thing. You know what I mean? Do you fly out and meet people when you interview people in person? How do you how does that logistics work for that? Yeah, I try to just like uh, whenever I'm if I'm going to be somewhere for anything, I'll try to do an interview while I'm there. Or uh, if I'm get booked for an event, you know what I mean. And there's other people on the event, I'll try to see if I can do an interview with them. Uh, a lot of people come into the San Francisco Bay Area for for wrestling or for performances, so. However it happens, you know what I mean? Like if Paul Heyman called me tomorrow and said, fly to New York and I'll be on your show, I would do it in a second. But until my Patreon numbers go up, you know what I mean? I generally just get in a car and I'll go drive somewhere. But I've been known to get on a plane and then string together a bunch of interviews, you know? That's very cool. Well, hey, man, great talking to you. Real pleasure. 
let's definitely get you back down the line. And, you know, anything else you want to mention? I think you mentioned quite a bit there, but is there anything else? Uh, yeah, just basically thank you for the opportunity to, to talk to some, some different heads out there. Uh, although I am not uh, vegan like our friend Mike, I'm at least a, I'm a smiley vegetarian. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean? In, in a world of craziness and, and insanity and constant misery and terror and fear, you know what I mean? It's always cool to slip on some headphones and find some positive mental attitude. So that's what I recommend. And that could be well, through that's the one, that's show. It could be it could be through LLA. It could be through uh, music, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's one of the best things about podcasting is you can find cool shows like yours and listen to interesting conversations. There's a lot of people just don't have interesting people in their area or they're not able to engage in interesting conversations. But podcast, a good podcast really makes you feel that you're privy to an interesting conversation. Maybe you're even in you feel like you're in the room sometimes just hearing a, a candid, interesting conversation unravel. Yeah, and, and I'm fortunate, you know, through a lot of the people I know through hardcore and through my work in wrestling, like many, many times. I'm chopping it up with someone that I'm already friends with, you know what I mean? And and then you get yeah. that layer of of just comfort factor, you know what I mean? It, it's always cool to me. I'll see a lot of fans will, at autograph signings and other things, will mention to wrestlers or performers like, oh, it was hearing you on the Kevin Gill show that made me a fan or whatever, or, gave, you know, helped me ho- like really cool. understand who you are. And that that's like a really, really cool, um, a really cool thing for me because like it's, it's kind of an art form in a way to try to do a good interview and an interview that flows well and an interview that right. gets to show you the person for real, you know what I mean? Or right. uh, at least, at least glimpses of the person yeah. in a worst case scenario. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Sometimes it's, if you don't know the person, it can be that first date syndrome <laughs> or it takes right. a minute <laughs> to get things going. That's why we usually do the pre show talk like we did today. Just to, and I and I knew that you'd be a good guest because I've listened to your show, so I knew that there'd be a lot of common ground. But sometimes you just want to let the guest know the energy that they're about to get into before you start recording. Right, 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 one hundred percent. Well, great, man! Awesome talking to you. Keep up the great work, and we'll yeah. Thank have you a guys both good so afternoon, much, man. man. Yeah, it was just really great to talk to you. And again, I really appreciate uh, you guys having me on your show. It means a lot. I appreciate it, Kevin. You have a great day, man. One love, Mike. One love to you. Take it easy, bro. You take care, buddy. All right, everyone. Everyone check out the Kevin Gill Show. Like I said, I actually, I'm not a huge wrestling fan, but I got into his show because I'm a big hardcore fan, as a lot of listeners know. And I was just looking for different interviews. I think it was actually before we had Freddie on our show. I go, let me hear him on someone else's show. And that's where (laughs) I discovered Kevin Gill's show. And then I heard John on there. Then I heard Adam from H2O on there. And I've heard Billy from Biohazard on there. The lead singer of Vision Disorders on there. So he's had a, I haven't listened to any of the wrestling episodes, but I've listened to a lot of the hardcore episodes. And he does a really good job. He's a great interviewer. Definitely, folks. So make sure you go check that out. You know, I know we got some wrestling fans on here and hardcore fans and bring it all together. So. It's not just that. I mean, he's had guests from other categories as well, too. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Check it out. Look, man, we don't recommend a lot of podcasts on this show. Unless <laughs> no. 
<laughs> you guys should know that by now. That's why you constantly ask me, like, hey, man, what do you guys, what's your top five podcasts you listen to right now? Because you guys know us. Because a year from now, there are oh, I don't, I don't even listen to, I don't even listen to five podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to two, so that's an easy list. <laughs> it's like five different shows. I got shit to do, man. I don't have time to listen to five different shows. <laughs> Not, I, I, I listen to two or three like shows. Yeah, they're on a, look, they, they're on a, they're on my list, like on Stitcher. You can have like your list. You can categorize things. You know, just because right. they're in my list of things to listen to, it doesn't mean I listen to them constantly or consistently. <laughs> There's probably like one or two I might listen to every other week. You know, at best. You know, and that's usually while I'm cleaning up or whatever else. But and then I'll just rotate them out. Or if I'm just driving, you know, I'm riding around. I don't feel like listening to music. And then you know, I'm listening to these shows. But it's like one or two at this point. It's usually probably pertains to something that is going on with me at that time. So if I'm listening to, you know, something that's going to be, let's say, like gun or three gun, you know, gun related or something like that, firearms related, something like that, then, yeah, it's probably right around the time I'm probably getting ready to, like, teach a class or actually I'm about to go to the range or something like that, just kind of picking up some tips here and there, just actually just getting into that mindset. But if I'm just rolling around town, I'm about to go out with my wife or whatever else, I'm probably listening to something else and. You know, so if I'm if I'm on a road trip and I'm driving somewhere, it's gonna take me about three hours or two hours. Like I'm going to Austin, or something like that. Then I might listen to like Sam Harris or something like that, because you know those shows. It's like if I actually really, really want to think sometimes for like those two or three hours. It really makes those those trips go by a lot faster because it's provoking a lot of thought. The only thing that sucks about it is to start sparking so much thought. There's things that are coming in my head like, oh man, you know, we should talk. We, we should bring that up on the show. Or we need to do that. Or I need to look this up. That's the only thing that sucks about that because now like I'm driving. I can't stop and write. You know, or, or I got to pull over or I got to pull over and start typing something in Evernote or something like that, because I know it's going to be so much stuff. But again, it's very hard to find a podcast that makes you think like that, where you constantly like, oh, man, that's a good idea. Or I didn't think about that. Or, you know, or something definitely I want to bring up with Mike or something like that. But like it's it's a few out there that, that, in my opinion, that make you think like that. And then it's just some. It's just sometimes I just want to hear crap. <laughs> sometimes it's just like, you know, look, man, it's silliness. It's about an hour or two of silliness, so be it. And that also makes the road trips go a lot faster as well, man, or makes traffic suck a lot less, which is rare for me because I usually know how to get away from traffic here in Houston. So I usually know how to get those back roads. But but like I said, man, it's, it's like a few, just like you, it's only a few that I listen to on a consistent basis. And that's and it's ever-changing. It's ever-changing. Six months from now, I'm starting to, I start going through and cleaning up my list. Like, ah, this show sucks now. They've they fallen off. I don't want to listen to them anymore. Or they start they started going way off somewhere that I had no plans of going with them as far as their content and their Well, I mean, sometimes you just get this type of year. And, and, and in a polarizing year like this, you, you start people start going through. Well, I'm like, I, I didn't I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> you know, it's just like that's not what I came to this show for, man. And, you know, people may feel that way about us. And, you know, more power to them. You know, that's the beauty of all the stuff. You just change the channel. It's really that simple. So, you know, I always see people, we always joke about this, that, you know, once somebody says something that, that, that the listener or the person following them doesn't agree with, oh, my God, I can't believe you said this, unfollowing now. Okay, no one cares. <laughs> it's just that yeah, simple. Exactly. No one cares. What do you, what do you just do it. an announcement about it, just do it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. What do you have to let everyone know what you're fan. doing? You just lost a fan. I'm like, well, that means you weren't a fan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was that yeah. <laughs> One statement, you know, just because they didn't think 100% like you. It's like you weren't, you weren't a fan. You wanted a, car, a carbon copy. There's a difference, man. So, I mean, there are well, people that I like. What happens with a lot of shows is you get immune because it's the same topics 
over and over Every and over again. Like how many different ways can you talk about how to deadlift or how to do a keto diet or <laughs> I mean, how, how many how different to be a ways man. can you talk about? No, how to be a man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> how to dress like a man. <laughs> well, gosh, man, Come on, you know, and how you to wake up feeling like a man. I'm like, look, dude, unless you. About well, to that, that's why girl, a lot, a lot of people, a lot of shows try to take this really safe lane. But that's why I like to do stuff where let's throw Melia Kaplan into the into the into the rotation because she embodies strength big time to me in a much more profound way than what you fucking do at the gym. So if you don't think right. that show is about being strong and powerful, then you're a fucking idiot. You don't know what's so something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. should be, someone like that should be extremely inspiring. Let's throw in Ty Ritter talking about how he risks his life to save kids from the worst suffering you can imagine. You know, if that doesn't embody strength, then what does? So not every episode is going to be about how to improve your sprinting or how to press more overhead. And those are all cool things too. You know, I'm, I'm as interested in those things as, as anyone else that's a fitness enthusiast, but there's a lot more about strength, positivity, et cetera, than just that. And that's what we try to do with this show is not get to the point where it's repetitive and you just become immune to the topics. Right. And on that note, show that you're not immune by going to Patreon, become a supporter, do it now because very soon it's going to be the only way to listen to the show. We're, we're not even going to have to tell you to go become a Patreon supporter. <laughs> it's going to be radio yeah, silence, that, okay? That's the other benefit about having a paid platform is that we're not going to have these pitches at the beginning and end anymore because you're in. <laughs> you know, you're already in. You don't go to a concert. You don't go to a concert and someone's trying to sell you tickets. You're already hey, in. You're at the event. <laughs> they might try to sell you some other shit, but they're not trying to sell you a ticket because you're already in. And that's what's going to be going on here very soon. And for the reasons what we just went over we're in, in we're this episode. Talk, we don't even talk about discount codes or any of that stuff inside Patreon because everyone, it's right there. It's spelled out for them. Every tier that they, they go in, whichever amount they choose each month, they know what they're getting with that amount. We don't have to do any right. pictures. We can just do a show. That's all we have to do. We don't have to tell you yeah. what websites to go to because you already know. And, you know, you know, no discount codes. You know what to do. So that's the beauty. Of it. So it's just. Then we just get to the content. We just get to the really good stuff and cut out all the other stuff, man. Somebody, we don't sit there and like do housekeeping. Yeah, we're, the house is already taken care of. <laughs> so that's the beauty of everything, man. Like once you start doing a little bit better, stop cleaning up your damn house, man. Get a housekeeper. <laughs> that's what, that's their job. They're great at it. So, you know, you're probably mediocre at best. So they, so yeah, man. But, and trust me, every time you hear when Mike says sooner or later, you know, every episode is is being a lot sooner than soon. Okay, you're getting yeah. that much closer. It's a, to that it's, day. A, it's a question of yeah, it's getting it's getting very close. We're just putting a couple things in line and and get it going, and that's that. Flip that switch. Exactly. So you know what to do. It's, it's really that simple. We've been saying it every episode now for a while, and we just leave it at that. you're pretty intelligent. If you can listen to us for an entire show, yeah, this is this. You're you're pretty intelligent for the most part. Now, again, there's some people who are just lazy. We talked about that in the last episode. Some people are just lazy. But you're, you're, not, you're not an idiot. So you know what to do. And on that note, hey, I'm good, man. You good? Yeah, let's go ahead and wrap it up. And, and for those of you that are saying, man, why do those guys talk so much about this stuff at the end? It's like, well, the real question is, why the fuck are you still You have to ask that question. <laughs> the the guest is already gone. <laughs> 
if you just came on to listen to the guest, he's gone. He's been gone for a few minutes. <laughs> so don't, don't complain about the after guest <laughs> banter because you can so log off at any time. <laughs> no one goes after real talk with Bill Maher and go on YouTube and start complaining like, man, why are you doing the after, you know, after talk, you know, after the well, show? It's like, like going to the movie and be like, it's, it's like, God damn, man, these credits go on forever. <laughs> when are they going to they, they get to the end of the credits? Well, you can't use that example because, you know, most Marvel films, they're going to give you a sneak peek to the next Marvel film right after the credits. So I can, I'm can i one of those people like, yeah, speed the credits up because you know we have to stay here to see the preview for the next Marvel movie. You can, you can, <laughs> so you can find that shit on YouTube. You can find that shit on YouTube. I mean, who wants to wait, who wants to wait around until the very end of Guardians of the Galaxy to see Howard the Duck for two seconds? All right. <laughs> you know? see, and, and for that reason, thank, for you just saying that's the reason why I probably never go see Guardians of the Galaxy. But I think my daughter told me that. She's like, yeah, they, it was Howard the Duck. I said, Howard the Duck. Why? Why? <laughs> that was just you know, their little inside joke. Even when it came out in the 80s, it was like, why? Because it didn't even stick to the comic book. It's like, it wasn't even dark enough. And it's just like, he's not a strong character. Like, come on. Now they're just well, trying to what, just get what, money. Sometimes you get, sometimes you get used to a low level of entertainment for a while, and then someone comes in and raises the bar high, and now you don't go back to the lower level. That's what, that's what happened <laughs> to me recently when I saw War of the Planet of the Apes. I got so into that movie, I, I went and read the book. War of the Planet of the Apes. I read the book in between Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War. I really yeah. got into it, and now it's like ah, I don't. It's like if it's not as good as that. I don't really want to go see the movie because that movie was fucking awesome. I'm going to go see it again yeah, it was, before man. it's out, before yeah, it's it out of the theater. I, yeah, there, there's so many yeah. cool layers in that movie. That now because uh, you know Paulette was uh, you know away when I went and saw it, and then I told her about it, and just talking about just all the parallels. That you can take oh yeah, from. Like, so good. And, and she and and surprising, and she was surprised. She loved the last one. She saw the second one because at first she was like, I'm not gonna be into it. But I'm gonna go for more. <laughs> and then she was really into it. She's like, Wow. She's I didn't think I was gonna have these kind of takeaways from the, oh, you know yeah. Planet of so Apes. Good. I was like, I said, like, Yeah. I said, Trust me, we're not that far removed from all this stuff. So, but yeah, no. man, that, that that movie was just as awesome as you told me it was. I was like, Okay, Mike. Okay, kudos for you. You know that was that was a good one right there. That was. That well, that, that's really, one of the really best. Good. That's one of the best trilogies in a while because every single one of those yeah. movies they hit it out of the park. There wasn't one yeah. weak movie out of that three, and you could say that the third one was the best in the whole series, and that's rare. That it which is hard to say. That is hard to really. say, man. In fact, the way that movie and the way that in fact, there's actually a lot of strong parallels between the Planet of the Apes series and Spartacus, and the difference is is that, I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna compare season to season. The, Season one of Spartacus is a masterpiece. I mean, it was so well right. done. But season, the last season of Spartacus started off really good and then just pretty much fucked it up toward, you know, towards the end <laughs> where it was very unsatisfying. The last, right. the, the War of the Planet of the Apes was very similar in terms of the storyline. And the ending was also very similar, but it was way more impactful. You know, it, was, it did oh, yeah. such a better job. And it oh, also yeah. made, they're actually going to make more movies as well. This isn't, I mean, this is the end of, the main character storyline Caesar, yeah, but there's, there's going to be yeah. more movies. There's going to be more movies after this. I don't know how, if they're going to take place centuries later or decades later yeah. or days later, but these people do such a good job. You're like, Oh man, I can't wait for those to come out. You know, I'm already excited right. about whatever they're doing next. And it probably won't be for a couple of years, but my attitude is take as long as you take. I noticed that they took three years in between each planet yeah. of the apes movie. My attitude is take as long as you need to take to make a great movie. If you need three years, if you need four years, do it. Because I'd rather have you do that than just pump out a new one every year and it sucks. Exactly. Hear that, Marvel? <laughs> <laughs> that stuff is like kitty shit after you go watch War of the Planet of the Apes because it's, it's highly <laughs> entertaining. There's a lot of action. 
but they're playing with some really interesting storylines. I mean, if you're a dumb motherfucker, right. you're just going to, oh, it's just a bunch of apes fighting people. But there's some really interesting allegory in there. Trust me, it's like if if you didn't walk out of that last one, and especially this one, if you didn't walk out of taking a closer look at yourself, <laughs> you know, and, and all the crap around you, then, yeah, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Because, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, basically, I walked out of that movie saying what I what I said the last couple of movies, like, fucking humans. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> damn, man. That's all you can say but, after this. Like, but, the, but the whole the whole thing with some of the Uncle Tong, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do some spoiler yeah. shit, but come on, the movie's been out for a fucking month, so fuck off. It's like, oh, don't, 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 <laughs> right. don't ruin it for me, Mike. It's like, what, are you waiting for it to come out on video? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, but, I mean, just, just uh, some of the... Some of the the Uncle Tom apes, if you will, who yeah, sided so, with yeah, the humans so, to kill off. You know, well, but the, itself, but the one think about yourself. Think but about the yourself, one ape you know, red, like, yeah, the, the the one ape red who was basically the the villainous ape, if you will, throughout the whole movie, and then he has that one moment where he sees all of his former compatriots being gunned down, and he makes a decision at that moment. Like they, they, the the scene, like the music and his facial expression while he's thinking about what's right. going on. And then the scene where he come, where the guy who's been abusing Caesar for the last several days, and they're in this internment camp, and he comes right. to his rescue. Like if it wasn't for him, exactly. they all would have been fucked at that moment. That was so well done, man. Because you yeah. wanted to see him get it before that. You're like, man, fuck this guy, man. I hope he gets it before the movie's over. And then you feel right. bad for him <laughs> you know? right. when he saves exactly. the day. I was like, man, that was so well done. You know, just so, I love exactly. script writing like that. And even and just showing, the, you know, just, even just showing the whole thing about like just hate, man, no matter what, and and being so hell bent on getting revenge, even when you're a good yeah. person. You know yeah. how how everybody yeah. kind of has these these Batman moments. <laughs> you know, it's just like right. no matter you know. And Caesar was having those moments, man. It's just like he was conflicted through the whole thing. And even when he yeah. knew what the right thing was, you know, when Maurice kept telling him, and he knew Maurice was right. He even told him he's like he's like he's like yeah, but I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> you yeah, know, because he's like, I, he's like he's like I'm I'm a lot more like Koba than I thought. The the guy in the yeah, because he could not forgive one, him. He could not yeah. forgive and forget until it came time to really have to like forgive. You know, because it's like, right. okay, well, then what am I doing? You know, this. How does this make? How does this make me look in front of my own people who I want to be better? You know, if I'm doing yeah. this, then you know, I've, I've led them astray, and I stuck like as a leader. Back, like, then he comes back full circle and essentially sacrifices himself for the betterment, of, which is what he did initially. You know, that was his whole mission. Right. So the the, yeah. the, the, the entire arc was really well done. It was such a well done movie. I mean, there wasn't and a weak link. <laughs> At all in that and movie. In the end, for anyone that's that's biblical, that they, they read the Bible, you know, at the end, it was a very Moses and Aaron moment at the very end. Oh, yeah. It was kind of exactly like, you know, it was right. a very, yeah. they made it to the promised land, and Moses was like, all right, you made it, I can die now in peace, <laughs> you know? And I was like, right. okay. A whole lot of parallels that came into that, man. Yeah, and, he, and he's meant to be a Moses-type figure, that that was what yeah. they were inspired by. But they did it in a well, they did it in a way that wasn't just on the nose. Where, right. you know, where you, you can predict it, stuff because yeah, it had to hit you like wait a minute. That was like at the end, you're like, oh crap, that was like Moses. So it wasn't like you knew <laughs> yeah. from the very beginning. It wasn't like in the yeah. very beginning, like here we go with that Moses stuff. <laughs> you know, let my people go. <laughs> you know, so. But I, I love movies that inspire you to be better in the real world, and yeah. I've had that happen to me throughout my life, yeah. where I've seen a movie and it makes me want to do something yeah, positive. Exactly. And very few movies fall into that category, but these but these movies did. I remember Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. After I saw that, I I reconnected with Save the Chimps, that organization, started donating right. to them. Got, got fired Jen Firestein to come on the show and talk to her, 
And a lot of that was motivated from watching that movie. So, I mean, that's, that's the power of a really good movie. Exactly. I mean, hell, look at like, you know, when you recommended Machine Gun Preacher, man, once I saw that, man, it's just like I went and, yeah, you know, signed up movie. and started donating him right away, you know, and, you know, right. I bought a T-shirt. I got a T-shirt right, right. away. You know, it's just like, right. you know, damn. You know, it's, it's one thing to see it like as part of a storyline on 24, but actually when you see someone is actually going over there and getting in the mix of all this stuff, man, and trying oh, to yeah. stop these child soldiers. And, you know, yeah. now I've like, even connected with a guy who was a child soldier and like hopefully one day we can get him on the show. He's um he's in vancouver now and um he has okay. uh, he runs a foundation called innocence lost and he was hmm. a child soldier and he ended up escaping and and wow. finally got got his life together and like now he really works on helping other kids and helping them get out of that situation um he's, he's a really cool guy he's a really cool guy so he's definitely cool. like on the lineup of people to get on this show yeah let's do it that's definitely kind of on back and forth every now and then on instagram and you know like each other's pictures kind of feel each other out you know so but like you know, every time they do something, man, I'll try to help spread the word. Like on Instagram, I'll repost it, and then you know, pretty much leave him a comment. And he's just like, you know, hey man, thanks for helping get the word out. And I was like, no nah, man, what you're doing, man, is like, it's, it's spot on. And if anyone knows about what's going on, and anyone knows, it's you. You you've lived it. You know? Yeah, it's really. Yeah. <clears throat> so again, it comes there's back. A, there's just there's just so many interesting people doing incredible things around yeah. the world. And it's very inspiring to learn about these people and meet them, have them on the show. Like that, that episode with Melia was, was really good oh, to hear. Yes, it was. Because yeah. sometimes you just go through times in your life where you're just down and out for Look, whatever man, I, reason. I was going, and you well, hear someone yeah, like that with, and it helps. I was going yeah. through it that day. You know, I was having yeah. a very sucky yeah. week, you know, and just like, right. I mean, it's to the point where I just felt like even before we started the show, I said, man, it's going to suck today because I don't think I'm going to be very, very present on the show because I had some heavy stuff going on. I even mentioned it in the show what was happening, and I even thanked Melia. You know, I was like, yeah. thank you, because I, I needed to hear this because, you know, I was not in a good place that day, you know, to that yeah. point. So, and it was just like, damn, man, I, I, I wish we were really recording, like, tomorrow or something. Because, like, today is like, God, I just, I, I was trying. I was trying to, like, psych myself up, you know, get, you know, be, a, you know, get my mind right. And, hell, I still came on as a professional, but, Every time after I said something, it's kind of like it took all my energy just to even talk that day. Right. It's just like, oh, you know, at the very beginning. But you know what? Those are the those are the those are the days where you really need to do the show. It's yeah. better to actually do the show than reschedule it. Those days where you're like, fuck, yeah. man, I don't know if I want to do this because it, it's going to make right. you feel better as opposed to not doing yeah. it. So it's it's funny how it's if you can push it through. Like after my mom passed, I was like that. I was like, man, fuck, I need I need a break from the show. Maybe take a couple weeks yeah. off. And I was like, nah. Let's just jump into this, man. Let's 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 just get it out there. And it was it was better than me just sitting around with all that on my yeah. mind. So that the show can be very therapeutic for not only our listeners but for us as well. Often, exactly. <clears throat> and it's a good outlet sometimes just to let that stuff out. You know, it's oh, yeah. just figure it out. It's like you know what I'm talking. You know, and there's just something about that vulnerability as well. Because hey, man, here you are showing this transparent side of yourself with. For, for the most part, complete strangers, and not just at the time you released the show that day, but hell, man, from for eternity because it's out there now. So you know, but and then that's a little bit of courage right there and strength, just to let, you know, let it go like that in front of these strangers. Yeah, exactly. You put yourself out exactly. there, it's really easy. Man. Like, oh, you pussy, you could have blah 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 blah. You know, but hell, if someone's human, <laughs> they're probably gonna be like, if someone's a, you know, any has an ounce of humanity in them, they're gonna be like, Shh, I get it, bro. I have that too. I wish. I could have that kind of outlet as well, 
You know, there's some, or right. it might encourage them to go find an outlet. Like, man, that was kind of, yeah. if they can do that in front of all these strangers do it on their show, man, I can go talk to, you know, my brother or my wife or whoever or my next door neighbor or the people at the park. We can talk about this and get it out because I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing that really gets a lot of people in that dark place and a lot of people that suffer depression. They feel like they are truly alone and they don't yeah. feel like they have anywhere to go with that. So, you know, I'm fortunate that I have this show. And that's why I think one of the reasons why I've been in broadcasting for over 20 something years, you know, because I've always had that outlet to connect with people. And the cool thing also, because of that, 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 that isolationist part of me is like I can connect and then I can go back into my little rabbit hole and be back by myself. You know, I don't have right. to, you know, it's just like turn, I can turn the mic on, connect with a lot of people and I can turn the mic off and then I can connect with myself at the same well, time. It's important, right. to, it's important to be, it's important to be comfortable on both spectrums. Yep. You don't, want, you don't want to be that person who always has to talk about whatever the fuck is going on. You know, there's a guy at the dog park <laughs> right. here who's like that. I mean, every fucking detail of his life he has to unload on people. It's like, Jesus Christ, man, give it a break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and on that note, I think the fat, not only has the fat lady sung, she has eaten, taken a shit, gone to sleep. <laughs> so <we> got... <laughs> and, and now she's threatened by me at, at... At the Cosmo she's, right she's now. About, she's, about to, she's about to wake up and put her skirt shirt on. And, you know, <laughs> go to the pool. To do, <laughs> <laughs> Baby, she got things to do. And so do we. And on that note, we're done for this week. All right, yeah, folks. We'll catch you in the next episode. Up. Take, Take care, care everyone. Bye.